0: you're listening to music roads diy musician podcast episode number 11 your road to navigating the music industry as a diy musician The purpose of this podcast is to provide bite-sized, actionable marketing strategies so you can create music, grow your fan base, and pay the bills. My name is Krizel, and I'm a music marketing strategist for independent musicians. After getting my MBA in music business, I decided to start Music Road as a passion project to help equip DIY musicians to turn their daydreams into reality. Today, we're going to talk about the starting line to getting your first 1,000 superfans. You have this dream in your head that you just can't shake out. You might have some cover songs on YouTube and Instagram posts. You've done acoustic gigs here and there, but you're ready to take your music to the next level. You wanna make some kind of commitment that shows you're serious and you mean business. And by business, you're curious what it looks like to turn your love for music into a bona fide career. I'm super excited for you if you're in that place. I know that it's scary to put yourself out there, and it's even more scary to think about a promotional game that's meaningful and effective and not salesy. So this episode is about chipping off just a bit of that first layer of music marketing, figuring out what it looks like to start when you have no idea where to start. And this idea comes from a theory by Kevin Kelly. Here's a direct quote from his blog. Whatever your interests are as a creator, your 1000 true fans are one click from you. As far as I can tell, there is nothing, no product, no idea, no desire without a fan base on the internet. Everything made or thought of can interest at least one person in a million. It's a low bar. The trick is to practically find those fans and more accurately, to have them find you. That's a quote taken from his blog about finding a thousand super fans, and I'll go ahead and link that later for you. Before the internet, this was very difficult for musicians. You truly needed a label or at least a lot of advertising money to reach 1,000 people. But because we have all these tools like a website, social media, and email, getting 1,000 fans is actually more possible and very attractive achievable achievable as long as you take the right steps. In fact, working towards a major record label limits your possibilities of succeeding because you're throwing aimless darts at a very small target. You need a framework and a system, and this starts with your first thousand fans. And with a strategic system, you can continue to grow your fans from there. And with a thousand fans, your full-time career is just around the corner. Let's look. With 1,000 super fans, you can accomplish any of these following goals. If you could leave your job right now and do music full-time with at least one of these salaries, would you be happy starting there? So let's go ahead and identify what it looks like to find your first 1,000 fans and what a potential salary looks like. So let's say you have a 1,000 fans and they each spend $30. You would have an income or at least a revenue of $30,000. If you have a 1,000 fans that buy... a year of your worth of product, that's $50,000 a year. If you have a thousand fans buying a hundred dollars worth of product or supporting you at a hundred dollars a year, that's a hundred thousand dollars. And when I say fans for this specific thousand, I mean super fans. Having your first thousand fans find you requires specificity and to do this, you need to define your sound. When you're starting out, you will not be able to fly with just pop as your genre. Music continues to change. In fact, more and more genres are becoming crossover. Country has more pop influences. Pop has more hip hop influences. There's also hip hop with some rock influences. There are definite shifts in the music industry, technologically, business-wise, and even sonically. So it doesn't fly to just be pop. So here are some examples of mainstream with specificity. Bruno Mars is a pop artist, generally speaking. He's got the pop feel with influences from Michael Jackson with an Elvis Presley and Hawaiian twist. That's, and that's where he grew up. And another example is Bruce Springsteen, an artist that some folks deemed as the new Bob Dylan, but had a Roy Orbison singing style. For you, start with an artist that sounds somewhat like you. Then think of an artist that contrasts to that. Then define what makes you unique from them. This isn't true about me, but I could say I sound like or sing like Colby Kelly and lyrically similar to Rihanna, but I have a jazz influence in my songs. That's a really funky sound, but I hope that gives you an idea of what it looks like to define your genre with specificity. From there, you can define your specific genre, subgenre, and then niche. So here's another example Chance the Rapper is rap with gospel influence and some spoken word. In the marketing world, we call this a unique selling position, which means they've got something special to offer to a very specific amount of people. The Civil Wars is in pop, but has a singer-songwriter feel with country and folk influences. Kina Grannis is pop, but primarily acoustic and soft, and she has a very specific focus. She doesn't go away from that acoustic sound. Next, you're going to define your culture and demographics. This is something musicians hardly think about. I don't blame them because they're focused on their music, but this point is really important because it helps you as a musician deeply connect with your fans. To think about this, imagine all your fans are hanging out in a room. You're not going to be performing a live gig, you're just going to hang out. So imagine, what are the things they might like? What shows would they watch? Where would most of them be located? What age range would they likely be? Would your room have more men or more women? What kind of conversations would they have fun talking about? These are questions you'll need to answer to understand your fan base. And this is how you'll connect with them in a unique way that changes the way you interact with them through your music and your social media. As a result of all of this, you're creating a fan base that continues to grow because you're creating a culture that they continue to go back to and share with their friends. Music has a powerful and natural word of mouth among its fans, and this is why being able to truly connect with fans is so important. So why is defining this so important? Here are bullet point reasons why this is effective and works for not just major label artists, but especially independent DIY artists as well. Number 1. Specificity makes writing your bio a bit easier. In episode 8, I talk about the importance of bios and how to write a good one. But in a nutshell, bios are what PRs review and share directly on their blog when they review their music. It's what makes it easier for potential fans to immediately get connected with you before even listening to your music. So by defining your specific niche, you're streamlining your PR efforts. Number two, it streamlines your creative process. As musicians, we definitely can suffer from the new shiny temptations with a new gadget or instrument here and there. This is also very true when we try to create music. By defining your niche, you're committing to a culture and sound. And contrary to what most believe about boundaries restricting creativity, there actually have been studies done that show boundaries like canvases or color limitations or medium limitations can draw out more creativity than when artists have more at their disposal. Creating boundaries allow you to exercise those creative muscles to think differently about what you already have than trying to be everything to everyone. Number three, it's a huge part of a SMART goal. And by SMART, I mean a goal that's specific, measurable, Actionable, relevant, and time-bound. Having the thousand fans is only part of that, but give yourself a reasonable time frame and specific actions to achieve those thousand fans and you have a smart goal. These types of goals are important because it makes achieving a music career more realistic, digestible, and reasonable. If you don't have a thousand super fans that are willing to pay $50 to $100 annually to support your music career, then you've got yourself a solid goal to reach for. Number four, this makes social media curating more streamlined. When you understand your niche and then start defining your fans and what they love, creating a lot of content may be a challenge, but understanding the general things to post can certainly help the process because having a defined niche provides a grid and framework for what to post. I briefly grazed over how to define your niche, but I do have a freebie mini guide for you. You can download to check out and help you with defining your niche. Go ahead and download it at musicroad.co slash 11 and that's the number 11. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm always so encouraged to hear your stories and how it's helping you promote your music. I always hope for the best for you guys. And I also want to share that if you have any questions or topics you want to discuss, feel free to send me a message at musicroad.co. Until then, best of luck, and I'll chat with you next time.